Greetings, brave travelers, and welcome to A Night Adrift, the story of a cursed knight bound by honor to defend her kingdom from the ancient evil that threatens it. My name is Vigil, and I'll be your guide to the unforgiving realm of Valerius as the knight Aveline fights to forge a new legend. Remember, friends, that to survive this perilous journey, you must move with purpose, guard your soul, and always beware of the darkness. Aveline emerged from her tent into a gray winter dawn, shaking the murky remnants of her nightmare from her mind. Shafts of scattered light pierced the gloom as an invisible sun inched over the horizon. In the sprawling camp before the night, fewer than 1,000 veteran men and women prepared for yet another trying day. Snowflakes fell on the gentle wind that stirred the encampment and melted slowly on Aveline's exposed face. Tiny white flecks clung to her hair and cloak and rested on the battle-scarred plates of her armor. Its gouged edges gripped tight in her gloved hand. The greatsword Durandal was light despite its size. Though the knight's two honor guards shivered in the morning chill, Lark seemed indifferent to the weather, waiting like a statue beside her tent. As big and burly as his many years, the old man stood in the cold, wearing little more than the battle robes of his office. Between his frosty, beard-covered lips was a small wooden pipe, its bowl emanating a sweet-smelling smoke. The lines carved by time among his bushy brows crushed together in scrutiny as he watched his young charge. Shivering, Aveline pulled her blue cloak tight around her and nodded at Lark. He took a puff of his pipe and grinned. Aveline tried to return the smile, but the memory of her violent nightmare lingered like an unpleasant taste. What say the scouts, Lark? The knight asked. She raised her eyes, and together Aveline and her strategist strode toward the army's encampment. Nothing new to report, sir. Though... Lark trailed off, as if wary to convey the information he possessed. Aveline stopped walking and eyed the old man. Lark glanced at the stern gaze on him and relented. Sentries fell a beast in the night. Thought it turned, but the thing didn't offer much fight. We only lost one. The knight's eyes widened in dismay. Each day we wait outside the city's walls, we lose only one. But it won't be long before we're the only ones left. Aveline snapped, the words aimed as much at herself as Lark. She turned away from the strategist and resumed her walk through the camp. The old man sighed before falling in behind his commander. It had been seven months since Aveline was set by King Orleon on Archwizard Ixiel's trail. Seven months and leagues of loss and battle before leading the Valerian army east into the mountains in the coming winter. 
but it had been more than two centuries since the primordial demon had laid waste to the ancient city, in which Aveline and her army now took refuge. Overgrown ruins surrounded Aveline and the soldiers that now readied for another day of pursuit. What was once a great stone cathedral was now little more than a crumbling windbreaker. In some places, one could still make out the decrepit, fading symbol of the sun god of old, an ornate circle surrounding a ball of blazing fire. Enormous statues, carved long ago in exquisite detail to depict the city's founding warriors, lay smashed and scattered, the exalted heroes forgotten beneath funeral blankets of indifferent moss and leaves. Aveline paused beside a disembodied, boulder-like head, around which a handful of dwindling campfires were ringed by weary veterans. The soldiers glanced up at their commander, but did not move to stand or salute. The knight nodded in their direction, then approached the fallen stone. On its brow it seemed a crown had been carved, but since its destruction reduced to a vague impression of majesty. Aveline pressed her fingertips to the stone, feeling the cracks and pockmarks, and wondered who this hero had been, what quest he or she had undertaken to deserve such a monument. Warm memories of Roland and his study full of books swam in the young knight's mind before she remembered her dream, remembered that this old city had been reduced like so many others to memory and ash by demon and shadow. Such would be the fate of many should the night fail. Sir, are you all right? Lark was beside Aveline, bushy eyebrows raised in concern. Startled from her reverie, the knight nodded vaguely before noticing the soldiers nearby, glancing and whispering among themselves. Aveline tore her gaze from the ancient stone and straightened her back. The soldiers turned from the knight to assess the breakfast cooking atop their sputtering flame. Any news of Monticulus? Aveline asked Lark. Since the army's arrival at the wizard's rumored stronghold, all had been quiet and still. Even the typically bustling port city of Monticulus, rebuilt as it was atop these ancient ruins. The knight dragged a boot over the frozen ground, clutching her great blade tight and wondering what remnants of the old city and its people lay hidden beneath the trampled dirt. Still none, sir, the old strategist replied. A wisp of solemn white smoke rose from the man's pipe. His eyes were downcast, his voice low. The captains await your presence. Do they know of our intentions? Aveline asked, shivering. They do, Lark muttered. The knight exhaled a deep breath and watched the cooling cloud drift past the stone face into the frostbitten air. As she walked past the ruins, Aveline stared through snow-blurred wind and skeletal branches up the barren mountainside. Beyond the forest, the crag, and the shadows of the old, the massive fortress walls of the port city of Monticulus loomed large. The 
knight and her strategist strode onward through the camp, toward the morning's council. As she walked, Aveline was surrounded by restless murmurings and tired faces. Seven months of treacherous march had taken their toll. Though many bowed with respect, the knight felt the tenuous bonds of camaraderie were on the verge of severing. It was out of desperation to stop Ixiel that Armitus's young ruler had called upon the enemy domains for aid, and it was out of fear that they begrudgingly complied with the truce by sending their best soldiers. But the loss of friends and constant threat of attack weighed heavily on even the most stalwart warriors. Beneath the masks of strained bravado, most wore out of necessity, rage could not hide the despair lurking within all those now scaling the mountain. No matter their allegiance, each had witnessed the demonic horrors at Ixiel's command. Lark said nothing as he followed Aveline. Though fleet-footed soldiers appeared and then retreated from his sides, the quiet man paused his smoking, only long enough to tilt an ear for whispered words. Outside the council tent, Aveline stopped at the threshold to listen for debate within. Snarling barbs and threats of violence rang loud and clear through the tent's thin fabric. A tremor of familiar fear crept up Aveline's spine as a wave of dread at confronting the captains washed over her. The knight put a hand to Lark's shoulder before he could enter to announce her arrival. The old man turned to assess his leader. Lark, my dreams have been... You were... Aveline's shoulders and chin fell as she released a small sigh. The knight held out her gloved palm to catch a fluttering snowflake. <sighs> Never mind. Tell me, what would Roland have done? Lark shook his head in a slow, somber arc before replying. You know it doesn't matter what he'd have done. The fool likely would have charged up the mountain alone to challenge Ixiel in single combat, <laughs> and likely would have died for no good reason. Lark sucked on his pipe, held the smoke in his lungs, then released it from between his lips in a great cloud. The thought had occurred to me as well, Aveline admitted. The knight smiled despite herself and held her sword close. Of course it has. Like father, like daughter, they say. Lark remarked sarcastically. It's obvious what should be done, young knight. What's that? I beg your counsel, master strategist. Whatever you think best, naturally. Lark chuckled. He reached out to part the tent's flaps and welcome the crestfallen knight inside. Aveline took a deep breath, stood as straight as possible, and set her mouth in a somber grimace. When she stepped into the tent, the gathered advisors fell silent. None spoke in greeting. Tightened fists held to their hearts. Each man and woman, some twice the knight's age, stood in salute, but each set of eyes betrayed simmering fury. Two small groups glared across the enormous map table at the center of the tent. Aveline looked at the factions of captains and advisors, assessing the division, and then frowned, 
The split was clear between the gray cloaks of those loyal to Armitus and the greens, browns, and reds of the independent domains. After a long moment, Aveline pushed her blue cloak back over her shoulder and approached the table. How are we doing this morning, captains? The knight offered. She glanced pointedly at one group and then the other when none of the men or women spoke up. The knight thrust her greatsword's blade into the cold dirt, causing several in attendance to flinch. The weapon stood straight beside Aveline. Your silence is not reassuring. And your plan is mad, a round-faced, black-haired man proclaimed on Aveline's left. His tawny cloak bore the red cat of Ardeo and a bronze star of command. Though several admonished him with gasps of surprise and incredulous eyes, the youth would not be silenced. None of those imbeciles will say it, but it's pure insanity. I didn't flee your boy King Orleon, only to die like a dog in his service. How dare you? Lark growled, stepping forward from among the party of gray cloaks. Aveline raised a hand for peace, cooling her strategist's rage then approached the wide expanse of wood. Your objection is noted, Eric, for perhaps the thousandth time since launching this campaign. You're free to run home any time you'd like, Aveline said, her voice flat. Embarrassed to silence, Eric cast his eyes around the room for an ally, but finding none stepped back into the shadows of the tent. The knight nodded, glancing at the quiet faces. Who can provide the scout's report? A tall woman of 30 to 35 years cleared her throat, then pushed her way forward and bowed. Her chestnut eyes dark with fatigue, the woman stared forward at the night. Aveline bowed in return before waving a steel-clad hand in dismissal of decorum. Second Scout Regiment, Outrider Rowan reporting, sir. The woman announced. Dozens of tiny snowflakes were still melting on the woman's hair and thick woolen cloak. What has become of 1st Scout Regiment, under command of Outrider Janice? Aveline asked. Vanished, sir. They ventured into the city at noon yesterday and have yet to return. We presume them captured or worse, Rowan explained. Her eyes grew narrow. It's curious, sir. The gates stand open, but none have been observed coming or going. And not a single ship has entered or left the port in the bay below. Even this time of year, Monticulus's port is never quiet. And the streets are empty. Not a soul. Cleared for a trap, no doubt. Thank you, Outrider, the knight said. Rowan nodded before rejoining Lark's group. A ripple of gasps and whispers spread throughout those gathered in the tent. The old strategist swiped at the air. Quiet your tongues, you whimpering children. I told you this mission is folly. Who knows what's become of the city? Eric cried from the shadows. Aveline's green eyes flickered in the candlelight. Speak again, and you'll go alone through the gate, the knight threatened. 
The boy's a coward, but he has a point. A stocky man of 50 years brushed his silver beard as he stepped forward to intercede. The silver tree of Selva adorned his dark green tabard. Our quarry may be in sight, but we must approach with caution. A beast is most dangerous when cornered and scared. Connor, your counsel is always welcome, but I have met Ixiel more times than I'd wish on my worst enemy. The monster may be cornered, but I doubt he's quaking in fear, Aveline muttered. Tell me, Captain, what would you have me do? We must wait for reinforcements, Connor replied without hesitation. We have no knowledge of what lurks within the city. To advance may be a fool's errand. When the Domains pledged aid to King Orleon in his hunt for his rabid dog, we did not expect to throw away our soldiers' lives so carelessly. I expected better of Roland's daughter. You think those of us loyal to Armitus are any more eager to see our soldiers dead? Aveline asked. Connor grew silent as his gaze lowered to the map of Valerius spread over the table. Aveline removed her gauntlet and glove to brush her fingertips across its surface. You knew my father, but you know little of me. I share your misgivings, Captain. I painted this map myself. Copied it over months not to know my enemies, but to know the home we share. I may be a knight of Armitus, but I don't care what allegiance you swear. The threat of Ixiel and his demons looms over us all. We cannot allow him more time to accomplish his goals. We've lost 3,000 men and women to his void-born young knight. 3,000 in pursuit of this vile creature. Orleon named you commander of this army, and though you've barely seen your 21st year, none here objected. Even among his enemies, the quality of Roland's character was well known, Connor said. His amber eyes raised from the map to fix on Aveline's sword. You may carry his weapon and wield his strength, but it won't be enough to contend whatever ambush the sorcerer has planned. We must wait for reinforcements. There are no reinforcements, the knight pronounced with stoic certainty. She raised a hand to her ear and pushed a strand of hazel hair behind it as her gaze shifted from one face to another. Each was grim and solemn. Whatever fate has befallen Monticulus awaits us all should we fail to stop Ixiel here. We've seen firsthand the horrors of his shadows. The souls of the fallen demand justice, and we shall see it done. The Selvan captain's eyes grew wide. The knight wrenched her sword from the dirt and raised it over the map. All eyes were upon the weapon's glimmering blade. When she spoke again, Aveline's words carried the weight of command. Ready yourselves and your soldiers for we march on the mountain city within the hour.
ぞ。The snow was falling slow in enormous flakes when Aveline mounted her loyal steed Stella. Beneath the black horse's hooves, the frozen ground crunched and thundered. The knight's saddle creaked as Aveline settled her armored weight onto the strong beast's back. Hot jets of breath burst onto the wind of the tempestuous morning. Aveline looked upon the 1,000 men and women who stood before her. Though to some she was a paragon of endurance and fortitude, Aveline knew she was not allowed a moment's falter, lest the quest be wrecked like a ship upon a shoal. Starting at the rear of the column, the knight trotted forward past the rear guard and quartermasters, past the archers and infantry, through the line of captains, and on to the forward edge of the vanguard. No matter the reservations, the knight's calm demeanor inspired awe in the gathered warriors as she passed. Eveline could feel the soldier's eyes on her armor, her sword, and the blue cloak that billowed behind her, and from which she'd taken her moniker. Eveline, the Blue Knight, they called her. Eveline imagined the clear sky and empty ocean of home. At the frontmost line of the army, the knight pulled back on Stella's reins to turn and face the sea of transfixed faces. She knew all those gathered were waiting to hear the words which may give purpose to their sacrifice. Aveline wondered how her father would have addressed the army. She had heard the great knight speak with passion so many times before, but looking at the frozen warriors, her own voice fled. Words are like weapons. Roland would say. They should be sharp, precise, and never used without reason. Aveline exhaled a white puff of breath onto the breeze. She looked at Lark, but the old strategist only nodded, a knowing expression of amusement on his beard-covered face. From his place among the captains, Connor watched Aveline his countenance noble and abiding despite his earlier objections. Stella stepped back and forth, restless and eager to run for her human companion. Aveline put her gloved palm to the horse's neck, feeling the animal's power, warmth, and certainty of purpose. The night filled her lungs with cold air and spoke as loud as her voice could manage. By now you've heard what lies ahead. The rumors are true. Our quest is nearly at its end. And though we've faced countless demons, I have no doubt more wait within the walls of Ixiel's lair. He thinks himself safe behind mountains and walls, Aveline said. Every silent face watched her with rapt attention. We stand now among ruins, a glorious city brought low by evil, and only the first of many were it not stopped by our ancestors. Together they fought back the darkness, fought to repel demons like Ixiel and his unseen master. Now the swords and spears and bows have passed from their hands to our own. To leave them idle means more destruction, more ruin, more terror and heartache. 
many among you have wondered if I deserve to lead this army, and sometimes I wonder the same. But know this, my friends. So long as I draw breath, I will fight for you, and your homes, and for all that you hold dear. I ask you, brave champions of Valerius, who will fight beside me? The Knight Aveline found her answer in the collective booming war cry of the army. A loud, singular shout echoed up and down the mountainside. Men and women, all hardened fighters, gave in to exuberance and thrust their weapons overhead in salute. Never had Aveline heard nor seen her soldiers so resolute and jubilant. Months spent suffering melted away in that moment. Lark roared in support. Connor's fist flew into the air, and even young Eric's fear was momentarily forgotten. If the Archwizard didn't know of their plans already, he surely did now. The knight raised her weapon as high as her armor would allow, and joined the bellowing chorus around her. Durandal shone in the gloomy morning like a shard of lonely starlight. Amid the frenzy jubilation, Aveline gave in to a moment of quiet hope that the mission to destroy Archwizard Ixiel may finally bring her army home. A Night Adrift is written, narrated, and produced by Devin McKernan. Original music is provided courtesy of Kai Engel and Chris Sabriski. Want to hear more? Visit anightadrift.com to join Aveline's journey, follow us on social media, and be notified of new episodes, art, and stories. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks for listening.